crew box in the plastic shield that separated the passenger side from the drivers. Does this really help? Tapping the worn, stained wall of plastic. No answer. Well, no one can hold a gun to your head or blow poison darts into the back of your neck. The silly man was pretending to have trouble finding adequate change in a cigar box that was obviously overflowing with it. Keep it, and this too. A quarter and a dime. A night like this? She gathered up her belongings. Carry-all, briefcase, two books, a bound stack of mimeographed sheets and drawings from the lecture. What else? Something was missing. Her folding umbrella. But that had been ripped from her hands the moment she'd stepped from the new school into that fearful wind, hurtling aloft like a demonic kite to melt into the writhing sea of fog and blackness that should have been Fifth Avenue. Had there ever been such a storm? In New York City? In July? The news reports, though she had overheard by hearsay in the lecture hall just before the film, were probably exaggerated. Five inches of rain in less than an hour. Sporadic winds of hurricane force. Even hail that smashed countless windows in the height section of Brooklyn. One report, which she didn't believe and had to laugh as she tried to picture it, had all the south storefront windows at Bonwit Teller shattered to the ground and a dozen mannequins lying in the street like so many well-dressed corpses, a few dismembered limbs, hands, feet as far east as Madison Avenue. I have no umbrella. Something oddly plaintive had crept into her voice. But it's stopped now, hasn't it? The cabbie nodded, scooping the change from his little sliding box. Yeah. At least the heavy part is over. She swung her door open on the park side, paused, touched again by the same swift, strange feeling that had just now put that queer note of self-pity into her voice. It was fear. Something, she hadn't even the vaguest notion what, was frightening her. The cabbie was grinning, his boyish face slightly dim and distorted through the sheen of misty plastic. Only a drizzle now, and fog. He glanced out his side of the cab and back. Never seen such a fog. Maybe it ain't New York. Maybe we're in London, eh, lady? Piccadilly Square. Circus. What? He remembered. Oh, yeah. His feet touched the accelerator, racing the motor. He was obviously anxious to be off but she wouldn't get out. She sat there on the edge of the seat, the door wide open. He leaned back to glance at the door on her side. The water wasn't that deep. He'd pulled the wheels of the cab right over to the curb so she could step out on the pavement. Is anything the matter? Her face was peculiar and strained. Startled, she shook her head quickly. No, it's just... She couldn't herself decide what the matter was. I don't see my doorman, but sometimes he sleeps in the elevator. It's a tiresome job. Yeah, the motor raced. She fidgeted with her books, her bag, adjusted her glasses. Well, she had to get out or find a reason not to. You can say that again. What? Laughter. I'm kidding, lady. Have a good night or morning. Watch your step. I will. She stepped out onto the pavement. Got everything? I think so. 
His rear wheels whirred and spun in the mud between the curb and the sidewalk. Then they caught, and the cab shot off with such an astonishing burst of speed and sound that she thought surely the men in the police car opposite would. But the police car was nowhere in sight. It had evidently left while she'd been talking to the cabbie. With bewildering dismay, somehow she had wanted it there, she looked right and left as far as she could see. No police car, no car, nothing. Overturned trash baskets, broken branches, beer and Coke cans, leaves, mud, and water everywhere, a veritable lake in front of her. She looked up and across the street at her apartment building, which she could just dimly see. Her glasses were misted with a brush of fingertips. She wiped them clear, too impatient to look for a tissue. It did little to improve her view, merely...